Before we start, just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com and there you'll find all the best parts available for your car or truck. And when it's all done and you have perused through rockauto.com and they ask you, hey, how did you hear about us? You're going to write lockdown podcasts in that section so they know that we sent you. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, October 27th, 2020. Thank you very much once again for tuning in. You know, I said this last week at one point that, that I was going to start doing kind of some preparation shows for you know, a lot of the shows that we're going to be dealing with here in the off season, where there's not a whole lot to talk about, no games. Uh, like I said, this show has a formula during the season. You talk about game, segment two, you preview the next game. A lot of that stuff is neutralized or taken away when there's no season going on. It's what made those first couple months doing this podcast, first several months doing this podcast, so frustrating as the pandemic was going on and there was not a whole lot of baseball to talk about. But as always, I scrounge and I found a a few nuggets uh, to discuss here in the first segment and segment two, going to be previewing tonight's World Series game, game six between the Rays and the Dodgers. Could it be the final game of the 2020 season? We'll find out. But a few things I wanted to talk about, two things really, in the first segment. One, a kind of a newsworthy thing, and, and number two is just kind of a, an editorial opinion-based thing that sort of grinds my gears. But the Tigers interviewed a few more managerial candidates over the last several days. I'm not going to talk about all of them, but so far, you know, they've interviewed Don Kelly. They've interviewed now Phil Nevin, the Yankees' third base coach. Interviewed Will Venable, George Lombard, Carlos Mendoza, also a a bench coach for the New York Yankees. But a new name arose recently, and that was... Mark Kotze. Uh, these, by the way, coming from uh, my boy Evan Petzold over at the Free Press. But Mark Kotze's name emerged as a potential candidate. Mark Kotze, 44 years old. I felt like Obi-Wan Kenobi when I heard that name. Mark Kotze. Now, that's a name I haven't heard in a very long time. I remember him with the A's. Played for the Oakland A's for a long time. Played for the A's in 2006 when the Tigers swept him in the ALCS. Pretty darn good hitter, you know, for 276 average in 17 years at the major league level. I had not heard his name thrown around for any managerial jobs over the last several seasons, but it seems like he's found a spot as a quality control coach, I believe, with the Oakland Athletics. Was their bench coach for a minute there. Like I said, young guy, 44 years old, so he he, he crosses off uh, that box in terms of what we're looking for currently in a Tigers manager. You want to go younger. You want to go more analytical-based. I don't know if Katze fits into that mold, but you know, you, you work in Oakland. You, you work with the Athletics. I mean, that is a team that is big on analytics. Obviously, they invented that that money ball system. It would be one of the riskier hires, I feel like. I mean, I, I don't really, I'm not going to be doing this all offseason, especially for the next couple weeks or months, just saying, oh, Tigers interviewed this guy. Here's what I think of this. Will it work out? Do I want him to hire him? You guys know where I stand. There's that, that end of the spectrum, which is Lloyd McClendon, which I would be adamantly against. There's the other end, which is A.J. Hinch, which I would champion, I think could be a game-changing hire, which I acknowledge probably won't happen. Then there's that huge range in the middle of that spectrum where it's full of guys where my reaction would be, huh, okay, give it a shot. You know, if they were really smart, and I will say this up front, if they were really smart and they really wanted to hit a home run here, no pun intended, they would simply offer A.J. Hinch the job right now. You know, put the pressure on him because 
AJ Hinch is going to be a hot commodity here. And, and that's what's so funny about the Astros managers and players is everyone acts like the Astros were only good because they cheated. And yet anytime one of their managers or one of their players comes up for free agency, everyone always jumps to, oh my God, I want him. I want him. He's good. It's like, you could say what you want about what Hinch did in Houston. The guy has a proven track record. He knows how to manage a bullpen. He knows how to manage the media and manage the personalities in the clubhouse. He'd be an unbelievable hire. And I I think the Tigers, as is kind of customary for them over the last several seasons, are going to be incredibly cheap. It it annoys the hell out of me how cheap they've become. You just wish someone would just grab Chris Illich by the shoulders and shake him and say, you're a big market team. Spend money like a big market team and start with a manager if you want. You know, what? the one thing I, I do think needs to be said here and the reason why I'm so for an A.J. Hinch or Alex Cora hire is I feel like those are guys who can take an average team and make them good. If you want evidence, look no further than 2015 when Hinch was with the Astros, where that team had many flaws, and they were one, you know, Carlos Correa error away from knocking out the team that would go on to win the World Series in the Royals that season. I mean, that was a hard-fought series, and they were one bounce of the ball away from going on to the ALCS in a year in which a lot of people felt like they were one year away. Outside of Hinge, no matter who the Tigers hire here, it's very similar to kind of cross over into the college football here. It's kind of similar to what Michigan State is dealing with with Mel Tucker right now. It's like, do I think that who they have at the helm right now is a guy who's going to take them to the promised land? No, but we're not going to find out for several years. It's like that with the Tigers right now. No matter who they get, whether it be Marcus Thames or Mark Kotze or, or, or Will Venable, any one of these guys, no matter who they hire, given the roster they have, no matter how good their manager is, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference at this point. This is still a really untalented roster. And don't let what you know they did in a 20-game stretch there fool you. This is a bad team. This is one of the worst teams in baseball. And unless they make some massive splash in free agency, which I don't think they're going to do, they're going to continue to be one of the worst teams in baseball. I think the reason why so many people are so intrigued by this managerial hire, though, and, and I am as well, is you you want this to be something that symbolizes the beginning of a new age. When the Tigers hired Jim Leland, and Leland had you know, a really bad managerial stint in Colorado, but a lot of people don't blame that on him. Colorado was a mess at that point. That was a moment in which a lot of people said, whoa, Leland, he's an established manager. He's made it to the postseason. He's won a World Series. Won a World Series with the Marlins. That was a moment where a lot of people said, all right, this Dombrowski guy, he's he, he he's going for it here. Like, they believe they have something and are building to something. You hope that they can make a similar splash with who they hire at manager, but I have kind of serious doubts about that. Before I go on to segment number two and preview tonight's uh, playoff game, tonight's World Series game between the Rays and the Dodgers, there's one stat that I researched last night and it didn't take long. I I don't want to make myself sound like a genius here, but there was something that I researched last night that was a pretty surprising and I found pretty sad personally. You know, Madison Bumgarner, six years ago, six years, not a long time ago. Okay, now a lot's changed. Like personally, for me, I was 19, so like, uh, you know, I feel like a completely different person. But in the grand scheme of things, six years is not that long ago. But in 2014, Madison Bumgarner pitched into the eighth inning four times in the postseason. So far in 2020, in it, the largest postseason bracket we've ever seen, the most postseason games that have ever been played, only three pitchers 
have pitched into the eighth inning. They were all in the wild card round. It was Trevor Bauer, whose team lost that game, Lucas Giolito, whose team lost that series, and Clayton Kershaw, who was brilliant in game one against the Brewers, a team that finished under 500. Besides that, we are yet to see any pitchers go deep or go into the eighth inning of a playoff game. That is really sad to me and really tragic. And I just. I don't know, I've always tried to fight back against the idea that the age of the starting pitcher is dying, but I don't know, man. Evidence is starting to mount up. Like, I thought maybe the Nationals, what they did last season, would kind of bring it back. You had Scherzer and Corbin and Sanchez and Strasburg, who was amazing, going deep into ball games. But what we've watched this season, I mean, we're seeing guys, Charlie Morton looked like a guy who was going to throw eight, nine innings in Game 7 against the Astros, and Kevin Cash pulled him in the sixth. Obviously, the COVID break, I think, has has had a huge impact on a lot of these guys. But you also wonder if maybe maybe this is just the way of the future in professional baseball. I hope not. I love starting pitching. I love starting pitchers who go deep into games. I think you give yourself a massive advantage when you have pitchers that can give you six, seven, eight innings a night. You don't tax your bullpen. You're only relying on one or two or three guys to have their best stuff. But I don't know. The game is definitely changing at a rapid pace, and much like a lot of things in 2020, you wonder if the process of the the death of the starting pitcher in baseball is kind of being accelerated. It's, It's a very weird thing, but that was a stat that really blew my mind, and I just wanted to point it out. So when I come back, I will preview tonight's World Series game, Game 6 between the Rays and the Dodgers in the World Series. We will be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we are back. Like I said tonight, game six of the World Series between the Los Angeles Doyers and the Tampa Bay Rays. The Dodgers are the closest they have been to winning the World Series since, well, I mean, since 2017. They were one win away then, but they, they're going to have two cracks at it. A 3-2 lead. This is the closest they've been now since the 1988 World Series, that magical run they had. Gibby with the walk-off shot off of Dennis Eckersley and Oral Hershiser dominant, taking home World Series MVP in the process. They are very close now, and on the mound tonight, you have Tony Gonsolin. Gonsolin was 2-2 two two with a 2-3-1 ERA in the regular season 0-2 with a 9-3-9 ERA in the postseason. 
Gonsolin will start what he hopes will be the Dodgers' first World Series clinching victory in 32 years. This coming from MLB.com, of course. The rookie right-hander has made three appearances so far this postseason, two starts, giving up eight runs in seven and two-thirds innings. That includes World Series Game 2 when he started but only went an inning in a third and surrendered a solo home run in a 6-4 loss. He's a rookie. Basically, it's a risk. He's probably not going to go deep into games. The day off, you know, allowed them to have a lot of guys available for this game. May will be available. Baez will be available. Trinan, Jansen, as inconsistent as he may be. Joe Kelly, who we haven't seen a ton of really at all in in this uh, postseason, got the save in Game 2 against the Padres, but has pitched more so kind of in garbage time. It's going to be a bullpen day for them because they know that in Game 7, Walker Buehler is going to be on the mound. And like I just brought up in the first segment, when you have a great pitcher, starting pitcher, who you know can give you six, seven innings a night, that is so valuable. And, you know, they'll be relying on Bueller in Game 7. And then you have Kershaw, who will be available, Urias, who will be available in Game 7. It sets up well, but you also, you also don't want them to punt this game, because that, I think, is something they kind of did last year. They were up 2-1 against the Nationals in Game 4, and, you know, I think Rich Hill started, went like two innings, and then they kind of just punted after that, just did a bullpen game. Scherzer was great. They kind of got killed, and then they went back home in Game 5, trusted Walker Bueller. He pitched great, and they ended up blowing that game. Kershaw blew a save, and then Joe Kelly gave up the grand slam in X extra innings. You don't want that. You got to go for it. They have an opportunity to do something legendary here to completely change the narrative surrounding the Los Angeles Dodgers inability to get it done in the postseason. Uh, the man who will be facing them this evening will be lefty Blake Snell. Blake Snell 4-2 record with a 3-2-4 ERA in the regular season. 2-2 two two with a 3-3-3 ERA in the postseason. Snell was locked in early in his game to start with nine strikeouts through four and two-thirds hitless innings, but the lefty couldn't escape the fifth, allowing four straight batters to reach and giving up two runs postseason included. Snell has completed more than five innings in five of his 16 starts this season. That is so weird to me. This guy has won a Cy Young, and they don't trust him to go five innings. And part of that maybe is his fault. You know, the guy's command is not great. You know, he gets the pitch count up early. But that how odd is that, that a Cy Young winner in two-thirds of his starts, over two-thirds, can't make it through five innings? That is bizarro world, in my opinion. You know, at the beginning of this series, I picked the Doyers to win this thing in six games. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. I I think they find a way tonight. I I think what we've seen from the Rays pitching in the last couple games has been a bullpen that has been, you know, very taxed and a little bit gassed. I I think that that game four loss, as ugly as it was for the Dodgers, I think they saw the writing on the wall and what people were going to say about them if they blew this series. All those narratives would be reinforced. This team can't get it done. They choke. They Every year they get there and they can't finish the job. I think that game four loss, you know, while you, you wish you could have it back, um, allowed them to refocus and say, look, we have played better than this team in three of the four games in this series. Even game two, we made a nice little comeback. We're better than them. We're more talented than them. Let's get the job done tonight. They got to glass now early. Kershaw, I thought, was very effective, and the bullpen held strong. I, I give, you know, Dave Roberts is, you know, a mystery sometimes. I thought that was a really gutsy and important decision by him not using Kenley Jansen in game five. I do not share the belief that if a guy blows a game, you have to go back to him the next night, you know, got to reinforce his confidence. I, I don't agree with that. Well, what's that? Well, you got to earn it. You got to earn your right back on the mound, especially in a big postseason game. I credit Roberts for making that decision. I thought Trinan, in terms of stuff, my buddy Blake, who's a huge Dodgers fan, said that that was as good 
as Blake Trinan has looked since he put on a Dodgers uniform. I agree with him. I mean, I thought he pitched really well. And tonight, the Dodgers will try to close this thing out, winning their first World Series since 1988. I picked the Dodgers to win it. In six, I'm sticking with it. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you'll find the link to my YouTube page. Please uh, subscribe to my channel. I really love making those videos. Just posted a review for the new Borat movie just a couple days ago. So please like, subscribe, and comment on those and spread the word. Let's get those watch hours up. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Leave a five-star written review of this show. I really, really would appreciate that. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I will be right back here tomorrow talking about Game 6 of the World Series. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.